0: Well hello listeners, here we are again for another wonderful episode of Perimenopause Power. Hello Lise, how are you? I'm pretty good today, Nat, what about yourself? Yeah, really good. We, uh, we're we recording this episode as we lead into the long weekend for Queen, uh, King's birthday weekend mm-hmm. actually, aren't we?
1: So there's a bit of a long, long uh, weekend vibe at the moment. There is, but uh, yeah, looking forward to that extra day where we can all, I don't know, sometimes it's a bit one of those things where you just catch up around the house with things that you need to do, isn't it? While others take off and go away. I know, absolutely. And so today's episode
0: is a bit of a beginning for us with a special symptom series that we're going to run over the next few episodes. We have spoken before about the various range of symptoms, but we thought we'd spend a few episodes really honing in on some bite-sized information about some key symptoms that we often do talk about in our workshops and in our coaching, but also that we hear that women are really struggling with or need some support with and... uh, we thought why not go through that that conversation and really hone in on some specific symptoms and the things that our women could be doing so
1: leading us off lise menopause symptoms my goodness tell us about them okay so where do we start Matt? you know it's it's the thing that gets people or women uh, you know um definitely thinking that something is changing within their bodies as we know you know as We we reach puberty and then the body settles and then we have, uh, you know, this reproductive phase of our life where we menstruate and we all, you know, we've talked a number of times around how that's really important to be aware of uh, what your body is doing at that time. And, you know, the the better equipped and looked after your body is going into perimenopause phase and beyond is, um, you know, it's a wonderful thing for us to be aware of. Some of those symptoms that start to raise their head as we're leaving that reproductive stage behind, um, albeit a long process to do that. Well, look, there's around 35 plus symptoms and um, it's probably the symptoms uh, bit that gets a lot of attention when we're presenting to corporates out there. And a lot of the chatter really comes up around a specific symptom slide that that we present. So we know that the symptoms start to raise their heads in perimenopause and research suggests that they can last an average of four to eight years starting in perimenopause, though for some they can go on for a whole lot longer. They're wide ranging, depending on who you look to or follow or all those type of things There's sort of like a magic number around that 30, 35 And some of the symptoms that really come to mind, I'm just going to talk them through as you're listening here. I'm not going to rattle all of them off, but some of them, I I reckon there'll be lots of nodding your heads going on as I read them out. So let's have a look. We've got brain fog, weight gain, hot flushes, tender breasts, anxiety, fatigue, itchy skin, decreased libido, irregular cycles, hair loss, body temperature changes, headaches or migraines, or even both. Uh, Joint and muscle pain, heart palpitations, one of the first ones for me, but I didn't really know it, dizziness, insomnia, osteoporosis, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, urinary tract infections, and depression. I know, what are you thinking about when I read through all of those symptoms, Nat?
0: Well, I have to say that I'm looking at the slide from the presentation that we do to our workplace clients, and it just is so busy, right? And we purposely made it busy Mm. because, as you always say, Lise, this is what women are possibly experiencing with such a vast range of different symptoms happening at the same time. And, of course, we hope women don't have all 30-plus symptoms at the same time. God no. Yeah, but it just, I sit here and I just listen and I just really just absorb because it's amazing how many symptoms there are that many women do not know or are not connected that this could possibly be related to perimenopause. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I, I just take so much in when I'm, I'm looking at this slide and hearing of that slide. And and I will say that we have shared this through our Instagram. So if anyone wants to go and check out this slide, we've, we've turned it into a social media post. It's on over at Own Your Health Co. And go and have a look at this very, very busy image.
1: Yeah, and I think what the thing is too, some of those symptoms... A lot of women don't connect the dots they take it as being a normal part of their everyday existence and you know you if you've heard me say it once you've probably heard me say it about 50 times now you know if they're starting to whisper to you a lot more frequently you've really got to listen to the whispers and if you don't they will start screaming at you um you know as those symptoms can get a whole lot more noticeable I think some of the symptoms that happen, you know, the first few stages, it's different for everyone, all right, um, uh, you know, as we know. But for me, I know mood swings was a big one and I've actually done a podcast about that early on in our podcast career, uh, irregular periods, hot flushes, or even, not even just hot flushes, but that change in body temperature is really, really noticeable. Even anxiety and depression, we put it down We don't put it down to perimenopause at all. Um, There's a, a big knowledge gap in actually associating the change in our hormones and how they can contribute to that anxiety, depression, and I'm glad to say there's a whole lot more research coming out around that now. So I think the first and foremost thing, if you get one thing out of this podcast today, is just don't dismiss what's going on. If it's different, if you really know your body well, or even if you don't, but if there are just things that you haven't experienced before... Gosh, it's so important that you just take notice, you know, sit up and think, well, that's just not right. And this is where, you know, having a little journal can actually be really helpful. Yes, there's lots of apps out there for cycle tracking and all that type of stuff, but I do really work with clients around just noting a few things down and seeing where the patterns are. Now, these symptoms can be, as I said, they can be few or wide-ranging. Some of them can be short-lived or they, you know, they can long be long-lasting. And they generally affect a woman both psychologically physically emotionally and mentally as well as impacting other body systems now what i mean by that is this change in hormones especially you know this decrease in estrogen that can actually affect things like our cardiovascular system and promote things like cardiovascular disease It can actually bring on type two diabetes, insulin resistance. It can bring on Alzheimer's and dementia. There's a whole lot of stuff and especially other things like osteoporosis. And I'm going to take a bit of a deep dive into osteoporosis because it's something that we generally associate with old people. And I tell you what, we need to start taking it. We need to stand up, sit up, whatever you want to be uh, doing and take notice that take notice of that right now as early as we can to be aware of the risk factors around that and just how that change in hormones as we um, enter to menopause and post-menopause can have such a bearing on our health. Now, we also know that the symptoms can also, you know, we've talked about it being hormonal changes, but things like our genetics has a huge play in it as well. Our diet Um, You know, what we're putting into our body, is it food, Um, you know, is it food, is it information for the food that we're eating, our stress levels can be really huge in, you know, promoting or making our symptoms worse, our sleep, you know, how does that affect it has a big uh, effect as well. And our movement, so a lot of the basics that we don't generally maybe make the connection with, and it's the lifestyle stuff, which is obviously where a lot of the work that Natalie and I do around the lifestyle medicine that makes a big difference as well. And it's interesting to note that the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners says that twenty percent of women have no or few symptoms, and I just say how lucky are they. Sixty percent have four to eight years of symptoms, which can decrease their quality of life, and twenty percent have severe symptoms. And then some women have symptoms that persist into their 60s and 70s. Now, what I'm doing here is I'm not telling you the stats to make it um, any more depressing because that is not my intention, but I'm telling you the stats so that, and, you know, we're talking about uh, symptoms in this podcast episode so that you're aware of them. And, you know, it's no secret that we talk about managing perimenopause and beyond as being aware, educated around it so you can actually, you know, take action around the symptoms that you're experiencing them. As you're experiencing them and put a program a lifestyle program in place so that you can move through with them i don't know be at one with them is the right word but you need to take them on board and accept that they're happening and then work out how you can move through with them and get to the other side really good points Yeah, yeah good
0: points there Lise. we often talk about
1: that acceptance and of course
0: accepting some of these symptoms that you're going through because they can be very debilitating and impactful and we absolutely do not take away from that. But it is through that acceptance that you can start to really almost have an appreciation for what it is that you're going through and not resist it. We often see Across our entire life, when something is uncomfortable or something's not working as we want it to, we do have that resistance in that we try and push back and we try and control and change situations. Mm. But when we're in the midst of pretty strong symptoms or changes in our body, such as the ones we go through through perimenopause or menopause or even menstrual menstruation for that matter. We we don't have control over that, so that's that's where I really talk about that mindfulness and that mindset, and really just coming into your body and recognizing what it is that you're going through
1: for everybody. It is, and I think um, you know we we talk about the five pillars, don't we? And I think this is really um, it's key in that spiritual and emotional pillar to to understand what's happening, and you know what whatever the practices are that help you get through, I think that spiritual side of how you connect with your body and, um, and, and move forward are really key here. Yeah. Um, and it's not just the physical elements because obviously the physical is that, you know, that sleep, the food, Uh, the movement but there's so much more that women can um, utilize in actually uh, working through how they um, navigate the symptoms at this time in their life. So we said we'd we'd deep dive into maybe um, you know two to three symptoms and so I'm going to actually introduce the first one today and then the next one or two podcasts will um, pick up on what the second and third one are well yep uh. so the first one is probably one of the most common things we hear and that's around weight gain I think we've probably talked about this a little bit before but maybe um talking about a little bit more detail I mean there's lots of information out there around it and I just thought I'd maybe just touch on a few bullet points just to help our listener in relation to what this looks like and possibly just give them some uh information behind why it's happening so Many women will experience changes to their weight in menopause. It's no secret. Uh, We hear about it. I myself have definitely experienced it. The average age or related weight gain is around 0.3 kilos per year, but it's not uncommon for women to experience an age-related gain of 1.5 to 3 kilos and some experience more. And I will point out here, this is not an issue around willpower. Or beating yourself up around it's something that you just you need to be aware of that this can happen and there are there are quite a number of things that you can be doing to help with it weight gain will particularly um happen around the abdominal area with a lot where you get some stubborn abdominal fat that can start to accumulate and this can happen from your mid-40s onwards and i kid you not that the circles uh, my friendship circles i have conversations with my friends all the time and I remember one particular friend going, it's like I turned 40 and overnight I got this, I got this thing around my tummy and, you know, we, we had a bit of a giggle around it and uh, that's how some women feel in relation to what's going on. Now, look, there's a few reasons for why this is happening and I will say it's a rare woman who doesn't experience changes to their body weight. There's the decline in estrogen levels, which leads to a decrease in muscle mass, which can promote an increase in body fat. Women also experience a drop in their metabolic rate, and that means that there's a reduced ability to hang on to the muscle, again, thanks to that drop in estrogen. And less muscle means a slower resting uh, metabolic rate. And also the lifestyle changes in menopause. And by this, we see women they start decreasing their movement and physical activity at a time where they probably need to keep maintaining it. And that I'm not sort of, I'm not talking about, you know, doing huge amounts of gym work or, you know, really punching out in the gym, but just like you know, keeping that weight bearing work that they might be doing, um, you know, a few, a few weight bearing, um, episodes a week, or you know, that could look like Pilates going for a walk. It's just some of the things that they really love to do. Some of that stuff starts to drop off and, um, it's really important. I think that probably starts dropping off because we we have this busy lifestyle, but I think this is one of those things where we can't really, it's not negotiable. Their diet starts to change or they might make food choices that don't support them. Again, they're busy and they sort of just grab what's there. And you've heard me talk about, and I've already mentioned, you know, food is information. So getting bang for your buck with what you're putting into your mouth is really important. They're not getting enough sleep and, you know, that's a two-edged sword because we enter this time. Um, perimenopause can be a time where that sleep really does get affected. Um, they're also juggling lots of stress, as I mentioned, due to a very busy lifestyle. And as I said previously, our genetics and pre-existing medical medical conditions can also be a factor. So when you put those all all those things together, you know we've got this situation where weight gain is influenced by a slow metabolism as we age. We've got declining estrogen. We've got ongoing stress levels. The quality of food we choose is not probably not the best that we could be doing. And the types of food might change too as to what supports you better at this time in your life. So maybe food, movement and even the way you've slept uh, previously may not serve you uh, well now and you need to tweak that. And there's also that lack of movement. So from a lifestyle perspective, if you aim to keep your stress, your movement, your sleep and nutrition in check, this is going to really support your efforts in managing your weight and health and well-being in perimenopause and beyond. And I will just stress again, and I've just mentioned it already, but I will stress how how you eat, sleep, move, and manage your stress at this time in your life is going to look different to how it's been in the last, you know, 20, 30 years, whatever that looks like. I think that's something that's a real wake-up call for a lot of women, that they need to tweak how that looks. You're going at yeah. Amazing,
0: Lise. I have always said many times that I do learn so much, even after all these times of hearing that same message and that same information. But again, I, th- I what I really love about what you share here is that you normalize it and you normalize the fact that there is going to be some weight gain and there is going to be changes in our body and the composition of our body, our muscle mass, our bone density, which we'll talk through uh, in another episode, but it really then helps you to we come back to that acceptance piece that okay i'm i'm i may not be enjoying this additional weight that i am gaining but how do i now use this as information to support me and when you talk about those really important lifestyle factors we know that they are key parts that we can really start to support and nurture to support us in not just this symptom but also all the other symptoms as well and again that stress element pops up and we often say that you can be doing everything absolutely perfectly and beautifully but if you are stressed it's always going to trump um, everything else and we know that 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 cortisol really changes and is impacted by that change in estrogen and progesterone and, and, and that is a contributor to additional
1: weight gain, isn't it? It certainly is. And, and I, I think that like a lot of women will say, oh, so will I ever get back to that weight? That's like, you know, magic ball stuff, isn't it? But I think that I think the focus needs to shift from what the number on the scales might be for that person and needs to shift to how can my lifestyle choices serve me to keep me healthy, uh, you know, we certainly, you know, we know that there's a, a, a higher risk of chronic disease with uh, a higher weight um, that people can um, be carrying. And obviously, you know, we, we're not saying it's, um, you know, if you put the weight on, that's okay. But what we want to do is just encourage you to keep it in check so that, you know, you're not putting yourself at risk of chronic disease. And, and how can you get around that? So I think it's really concentrate on the lifestyle elements. And if you start from a place of looking at your sleep, looking at your stress, looking at your, your movement, looking at what you're putting into your mouth and, you know, ask the question, is this food going to serve me? And I'm not saying that you have to live a 100% clean diet or whatever that looks like to you. You've got to enjoy life along the way. Right. So um, Nat, you and I are talking always about the 80, 20 rule and, um, You know i i i get a lot of i love a salad right there's nothing more satisfying to me and not not everyone's going to agree with that but i love a beautiful salad at each of my meals but i think that comes from a place where your body's really clever as well and it comes back to listening to the whispers and the messages that it gives to you if you give it the food that it knows is going to give it information and allows it to go around and do whatever it needs to do within your body Your body's going to ask you for more of that so just when you're out shopping or um you know or you're out at a restaurant or things like that and you know just be sure to make sure you make the best choices you can but also you know enjoy your life along the way um but yeah i would i would sort of finish that with just saying you know maybe don't get so fixated on the number of the scales it's how you feel in yourself um mentally stress wise are you feeling well and you know if you're not what are the things that you can be doing from a lifestyle point of view to support your brain, your body, and your weight.
0: Mm, So good. And actually, just as uh, you were talking, I was reminded, and both of us collectively really, when we came into coaching and started doing our work, you and I were very anti about the number on the scale and really helping women to come back to Mm -hmm. how it is that they feel and really using that as a way to support a healthy lifestyle for not just today but also in the future as well. And, uh, yes, you know, the scales, I guess they serve a purpose to some degree but really coming into the way that you feel is really, really important and really the greatest mechanism for you to understand you know how it is that you're going and and what it is that you might need so
1: beautifully said yeah I think I think too that at the end of the day uh we're here for what is it we're here for a short time oh I don't not know. a long time yeah that's it we're not here for a long time but we're here for a good time so we can get so fixated on some of the stuff that can really bring us down and you know you we both know that as part of our coaching we really try and flip that around and i always say that if you follow a healthy lifestyle and you know some basic principles around the pillars that we talk about the weight stuff tends to take care of itself and i think part of that is around the stress around the weight the number tends to just go away when you make that habit or mind shift and you know what you know we've seen Clients that we've actively said, just trust me on this, and they've come back. You know, after a, a coaching program with us, and then we stay in touch, and they're forever thankful that um, you know we've been able to change their mindset around it. And they actually enjoy, you know, they enjoy going out for a meal and sharing it with their, um, you know, with their loved ones, and coming back to what that looks like, and um, you know, following a healthy lifestyle. At the end of the day, that's where we need to have our focus.
0: Absolutely. Totally agree. Great sound advice and really great information around a symptom that is very impactful and very troublesome for um, every woman. And it is always the first symptom that comes up as something that's very impactful to every woman that we uh, work with and speak with. And, And in the next episode, we're actually going to talk about bone health and that as uh, an important area for us women to really consider. So, Lise, we look forward to uh, hearing the wonderful wisdom in the
1: next episode. Yeah, I can't wait to share some of the, the stats actually, Nat. So, yeah, everyone, make sure you're listening. For sure. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Nat.